guys, listen up. Uh, this is, I mean, if you don't think this is, if you don't think this is invading your home, you're blind to the, you're blind to it. Honestly, you're blind to it. And I'm just going to say this because, I mean, I, I, you are right. You have to be this passionate about it. You have to have open conversations with, you know, husband and wife need to talk openly about it, right? Parents need to talk to their children. You, you, you're so right. We didn't say one thing about the graphic nature of it. We have literally just talked about the effects that come from it, the mental, the trauma, the emotional. You want to talk about breaking your self-esteem down? Listen to the, the statistic that he gave you about the ED, erectile dysfunction. Listen, from a male's perspective, in their prime, if you will, 18 to, we'll say 18 to 25, if that is the statistic, how can you feel confident at all at that age? I mean, and that, think that's about the pre-pandemic statistic. That, Remember the pandemic put us all in front of our computers intentionally staying away from each other. So I think that's a very uh, conservative number at this point. It's unbelievable. Parents, if you're listening, if you're listening, I, I urge you to, to sit down with your children, have a conversation, let them listen to this. And then you want to tell them why they can't have social media on their phone? Go, listen, give them Josh's story and say, you're going to listen to this because it's better to, to protect the mind of a child who's still trying to uh, learn and grow, right? And this is just me. You, you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're going to govern yourself, which is totally fine. But you have to understand the statistics that Josh has given you, the, what he's been through in his life. He's basically telling you, this is the pandemic we are in. We're, this is the opioid crisis. But you can't, there's no pill. There's no magic pill that you can take. There's nothing to that effect. It is therapy, years and years and years of therapy. I heard a thing once. You see, you see porn once, it's like a giant crater in your in your memory. You have to just keep filling it. Listen to Josh's story, how he had to fill it, how he had to keep filling it. It became a possession for him. It wasn't that he was seeing it, it was him saying that. I could still do this. It was his alter ego that was replaced who he was. His reality was what he was doing. His non-reality was living life. But guys, I, I'm telling you, this, this, this episode, this conversation we're having, it has to happen. Because if we don't do it, we've got kids that are eight, nine, 10 year old that have open access to a phone. You miss one, you keep... You type something in and miss it by one letter, or you put an emoji there and it will instantly take you to the free services. You don't have to pay for it. It's all free. And you, if you don't think it's not destroying us, it's not destroying families, it's not destroying individuals, it's not destroying who we are as a society. This is just America. Josh works overseas. He's a international therapist. He's an international spokesperson for porn addiction. This is just America. I'm telling you, this is this this episode will, will be played, and I'll reference this episode for months, even years. Because the one thing that you hear from Josh is he is never blaming somebody. He could have easily, but he has owned every decision that he has made, which I think is. A, a, a huge, a huge applaud to you. And I think, I think a lot of people that are in his situation, a lot of people feel guilty. A lot of, of people that feel like 
they, they they're they're just an evil person. Yeah. But you have to understand was when you create that addiction and that you don't create it, but when the addiction is created, you gotta pull yourself out. And 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 he said it. You have to ask for help, but you have to be at a point where you want to do it. And you wives, listen. You wives that have hung in and hung around and 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 have been by your husband's side while they've gone through this, I applaud you. A hundred percent applaud you. I know Josh would say the same thing. But those of you that left because you need you needed to make that choice and that was the best thing for you, kudos to you because you put a stop and said, no more. I will no more allow this addiction to filter through and go down to my children. Kudos to you. So we got both sides. We got both sides. Holy freak. Josh, this is, we could, we could go on. We could talk for, like you said, three more hours on this and we will I'll probably have you back on um, because this is, this is huge. This, this is, this is amazing because he's, he's taught, we've talked so much about the cover up, how he used porn to cover up things. I mean, you, you're right. You could, you can spot an alcoholic, you can spot a drug yeah. addict, but you can't spot. It's very hard to spot a porn addict. Yeah. Dang, and just, just be, and just because you catch your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your wife looking at pornography, that doesn't mean that they're an addict. There are many times where I will deal with a woman who has betrayal trauma because her partner has looked at pornography or I'll deal with a wife or a girlfriend because her partner has used pornography. And that goes against the promise they made. But a lot of times they're like, can you talk to this person? Can you tell me what I can do with this addict? And a lot of times it's just, you know what, honey? You know what, sir? They're not an addict. They're just a bad partner. You know, that, that's, that's what it comes down to a lot. Just because this person looked doesn't make them an addict. It might be, it's funny because I think sometimes partners are more relieved when they find out that, that their partner has an addiction. It wasn't about them. They eventually really realize and accept that it's not about them. It doesn't have to do with them. It's not a replacement for sex. They are ill. It's, I feel just as bad for those partners who are feeling all of the betrayal, feeling all of the trauma, but then it turns out their partner was just ignoring their wishes. You know, he or she is not actually a, a porn addict. They're just a bad person who doesn't care what their partner thinks. And that's that's actually a lot tougher to tell somebody than it is to tell them that their partner's an addict. Oh, I love that. That's huge because you're right. There are those people out there that will manipulate and they'll they'll twist the words, oh, I'm an addict. And they want you to feel guilty for them. They you want they want you to be like, Oh, you're an addict because we think of addict. We think of drug addicts and alcoholics. Right. We think that's an addict, right? Yeah. No. And they're like, well, if I use words, right, how can I keep you? How can I keep control of you? How can I, what can I spin this and say, oh, woe is me? Well, we'll help you through your recovery. No, Josh is saying, no, they're not. They're just a bad partner. Yeah. They don't care about, they don't care about the agreement that you guys made. They, they just going to do what they want. Right. Well, I always tell partners, you know, I think partners like this about me because I was there. I'm like the bad guy who was reformed. I'm, I'm the hacker that the government hires to hack for them. Um, you know, I, I've been reformed. And I tell them I still have a very good addict to English dictionary in my head. And if I sit down with somebody who's not an addict and they are not saying the addict stuff, 
I know that this is this is fake. They're just trying to use this as an excuse. They're not even they're not even in the ballpark of what addiction actually is. Uh, and you know, I I look at porn twenty times a day. No, sir, nobody does. You know, uh, I probably masturbate fifteen times a day. Really, ma'am, and you still have a full time job? Can you explain to me how this happens? You know, they just say things that are so over the top. Uh, a real porn addict is freaked out that they look once a day. You know, that's, that's, that's who a porn addict is. A porn addict is just like you and I. And that's the thing that, you know, you talk about parents. I tell them it's not a matter of if your child is going to see porn. Go ahead and put a blocker on their phone. One phone of 4.8 billion. Thanks for taking care of the problem. Um, they're going to get on a bus to go to school and little Johnny's going to show them something from a website that's porn. Or they're going to have a sleepover at somebody's house and somebody brings up porn. You can't porn proof your child. You can't porn proof your spouse. What you just have to do is set up what you have for expectations. And parents especially need to realize they don't look at porn speech is not the birds and the bees speech. You don't have to describe things. And you know you can make it age appropriate. At five years old, you can simply say, hey, um, I just want you to know that uh, you should never be looking at people without their clothes off, especially if they're on your, on your tablet or you see them on a telephone. You shouldn't be looking at people with their clothes off. And if somebody shows that to you, please let me know. And then maybe a year later, it's like, you know, you can never take pictures of somebody when they have their clothes off. And you don't ever let people take pictures of you with your clothes off. And leave it at that for that year. And you can build up. And then you know what? I think when we get to the point that we're talking to 13 or 14-year-old boys, we can start talking about this erectile dysfunction, which is actually now called porn-induced erectile dysfunction, P-I-E-D. It's a thing. We tell the 13 and 14-year-old boys about this because what is porn-induced erectile dysfunction? When you boil it down to its basics, it is simply you've watched so much pornography that your penis has broken. Now, I think you tell that to 13 and 14-year-old boys who don't want to be porn addicts, who aren't looking to be porn addicts, who just want to have a girlfriend, probably don't even want to have sex with that girlfriend yet, just want a girlfriend. If you let them know that, well, after 18 or 19 years old, when a lot of these guys start experiencing the first uh, symptoms of porn-induced erectile dysfunction, you start telling them that they won't get girlfriends then. They may not have a wife and kids. They may not have things that they want in life because they may be one of these people who watch too much pornography. And can you stop them? No. But can you give them the information to allow them to make a decision? The kind of decision that, you know, I never got to really make because nobody was talking about this back then. Um, that to me is what we have to do as parents. That's what we have to do as citizens of the world. We have to start taking this seriously, just like you said. It is going to be another pandemic. It's going to be something where right now we can look 20 years from now, there's a tsunami on the horizon and it's heading this way. Are we going to do anything about it? And if your answer is no, because you're squeamish to talk to kids, because you're squeamish to talk to your doctor about what's going on, because you don't want to be one of those crazy people who goes to therapy, because you're not the kind of drug addict that needs deep therapy. You're not the kind of drug addict that has to go to a rehab of all places. Well, this is all ego. This is all excuses. These are the things that I have done. And I can tell you, I know dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people now who have recovered from this and who have gone, uh, we all have our own path. 
but there were similarities to all of our paths and taking it seriously, facing it and being honest with yourself is the number one thing that's going to get you to the other side and is going to keep your kids from ever getting there themselves. Oh, good gosh. You see why I spoke in public, man. <laughs> My gosh. Guys, you, you have to rewind it. Rewind, go back and listen to that. I was going to say, give us some principles, but you, you just laid them out. Age-appropriate conversations. That, that is what he's saying. Be age-appropriate. Do not be scared. I will tell you this, Josh. It's, a, it's, it's funny in my house because I, I grew up, we never talked, we never called the, the body parts by their appropriate name. Right. I still, I still giggle, you know, when it's people, when it's used, right? I have a massive, I have a massive shout out to, to the hot wife, right? Everybody knows her as the hot wife. That's her referred to it. That's how she is to me. She's the hot wife. She is, she's introduced the ability to speak and say, this is what it's called. This is what we're going to call it. And she has also said, listen, it's, you said it, it's not about if it's about when, but when, what do we do? You come and talk to us. It's an open conversation. We're not going to, we're not going to come down on you, but we want to give you the tools to help kind of, all right, it, it happened. Now let's, let's, let's figure out how to block it and never have it happen again. And you're right. We, you ha we have to have more conversation. Parents have to be vigilant with their children because it is so easily accessible. High speed internet, not only on home, but on your cell phone with 5G. I mean, it is instantaneously. As soon as you hit search, it is there. Guys, listen, Josh knows what he's talking about. He has spent years and years getting better. He, is, he, can, he can speak from the, the, the position of, I was sexually abused as a child, went through mental illness as a child. No child should ever go through that. To cope, this is what I did, and this is what happened. And I hit my rock bottom when the guy showed up on my door with, they, you're right, those blue golf jackets, which are terrible looking. Everybody knows what it is. Public humiliation. He has a key. If you're, if you're listening to this on the streaming video, go to this part on YouTube. You will see it. He holds up the key to the city. That's what he got. So you don't, I mean, there it is. He's telling you he's walked the path. He knows he's been at the worst. And now he's helping other people come out of this. If look, if, if, if you need the help, get the help. You can get, Josh is going to tell you where, how you can find him. Josh is going to tell you how you can reach out to him. If it's not Josh, that's not why I brought him on. I brought him on to talk what he's been able to talk about. But get the help. Get the help. Because it, once you start to cope with the, the, the past issues and dig deep, you can start to heal and you can start to be new. And that's what he's saying. You know, I, there a lot, you know it's been a lot, man. There's, it's been a lot we have, caught, we have talked about. So as... We've, we've got to wrap up. I got to respect your time and I appreciate everything you've done. How can we find you? Tell us, how do we follow you? Give us your social, uh, your, your, your links. Uh, tell us what it is. We'll put them all down in the description, guys. We're going to, trust me, we will hammer this. So tell us, tell us how we can get a hold of you, Josh, and, um, um, and then we'll go. Absolutely. My website is P as in porn or post-betrayal or penguin or pretzels. I, I'll help you get over your penguin addiction um p addict recovery the letter p addict recovery.com is my website 
P Addict Recovery is also my Instagram handle. And on TikTok, I am known as that corn coach, corn with a C. That's kind of the, the uh, code word we have to use for pornography on TikTok since they don't like the word porn. Apparently that will make everybody go crazy if they use it. Um, <laughs> pornography, unfortunately, is one of those words, sort of like Hitler, when you say it out loud, you quickly look around to make sure nobody really heard you because it's just saying the word, you're worried that people are going to think it's a, it's say an endorsement of it. So yes, uh, it is P as in pornography, P addict recovery, and it is corn with a C that corn coach on TikTok. Those are the three places I got off Facebook. Cause I don't care how you voted. I got off Twitter because again, I don't care how you voted. And I found my niche in Instagram in TikTok where the younger people are and where, where my website where I do write a lot about it. If you want just more resources, if, if you're interested in coaching, fantastic. I'd love to talk to you about it. But if you think that there are other ways, 12 steps, rehab, if there, you know, maybe online forums is where you want to dip your toe in first. I have a resources page on my website at Piatic Recovery that has all kinds of different modalities. You know, I'll tell you, Cameron, I thought when I wrote my first book, that was going to be the only thing I did. I wrote the first draft in jail, and I thought this would be my contribution to the pornography addiction world. It was only because I got a lot of messages from uh, girlfriends and wives that I ended up still working and writing my second book and, and moving forward with it. But uh, I would have guessed that there would be a hundred people just like me out there at this point, five years ago. I thought I was going to have trouble booking on podcasts. I thought that there'd be far better messengers than I could ever be. But I know I have given more interviews about this than anyone in the world in the last five years. Number two would be Terry Crews here in America, uh, the <laughs> celebrity who's willing to talk about it. And I can't even tell you who number three is. That's how much we're still not talking about this. And I'm not saying, woohoo, look at me, I'm number one. I'm saying, right. where are the rest of you? Where are the rest of you? We have to start talking about this, not just as a nation of Americans, but as a world of people who are now hooked up to each other via these computers, via these telephones, that we have this pornographic world that we do not know how to navigate since we've never seen it before. And we need to do this very carefully, but with our eyes wide open. Sticking our heads in the sand doesn't do anything. Every right. event I've ever been to, there's a group of parents who will always say to me, we've got the filters on our kids' phones. And I just walk away going, that kid is, that. I hope that kid falls upon one of my TikToks eventually because uh, their parents are doing something for themselves, not the kid. You are not porn proofing your kid. All you're doing is turning your head away. And that's where we are in this world still is that people are turning their heads away. Anybody can be a porn addict. Doesn't matter the age, gender, race, anything. Anybody can be a porn addict. That's the most important thing that I want to drive home. And then number two, if you think you are an addict of any type, you probably are. You don't ask yourself, do I have an addiction to vacuuming? Do I have an addiction to cleaning the windows? Do I have an addiction to driving fire trucks or making origami swans? No, you don't ask yourself because you don't have one. If you're asking yourself if you have a problem, look into it, get some help. Maybe it's mild. Maybe there's something really easy that can be done. Maybe it's major and you've just kept it away for so long. When I truly understood how ill I was when I got into addiction, I thank God or the creator or the universe or whoever you want to assign did all of this for us. 
Uh, I'm so thankful that those police showed up at my door when they did because they probably saved my life and I probably wouldn't be here now without you. Ah. <laughs> or with you. I wouldn't be here with you. That would have sounded so much better in editing. If I had said with you. <laughs> Dang, Josh. I, I, this sucks. We have to, I have to let you go. I, I mean, it sucks, but we, I, we have you to. Like most of my girlfriends in, in middle school. Oh. <laughs> Man. All right. So we, as we wrap up, Josh, let me ask, I wanted to ask you this question. This has just been an amazing, amazing interview. And it's, it's going to change and shape and change the lives of, of millions of people. Um, let me ask you this question. So if you were to see your five-year-old self today, what do you think he would say to you? And I got to tell you, I love this question because everybody always says, what would you say to your five-year-old self? Um, I think my five-year-old self would say, um, that's a great question. I think my five-year-old self would probably just look at me and as I've always done, try to, even in my worst days, try to find the happy part, try to find the interesting part. You know, one of the ways, one of my survival methods is knowing a lot of things are going to suck in this life, but if they suck and they're interesting, that's better than they suck in being bad. You know, I told myself going into jail, I know jail's going to suck, but how many people get to experience that? So I'll make sure it's interesting. I think that five-year-old me would just want to know that I was okay and my life was interesting. And usually people ask, and I'll give you this, people always ask, and if you host a podcast, stop asking this, what would you say to your 15-year-old self? Well, I tell you, my 15-year-old self wouldn't listen to this guy. My 15-year-old <laughs> self would think I am super uncool, super lame, and not, not somebody worth listening to. Um, so that answer is always nothing. But um, I would give that five-year-old kid a hug too. And I, me now, I would tell that kid, uh, the, the weather is going to be rough here for a while. If it isn't already, don't worry. You do end up uh, back on the mainland and you do end up okay. Uh, that's awesome, Josh, man. I appreciate it. Before I let you go, I want, we are going to give you the links to all four of his books that'll be on here. You can't use one of those. Yeah, what are the top five books you would recommend someone to read? Could be anything, personal development, anything. business, well, uh, spiritual. It, yeah, one, one of the greatest books I think that exists is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. He, it's a, not an, a book for addicts per se, but every addict can see themselves in there, but every normal person can see themselves in there. Uh, it's how we uh, create and change when it comes to habitual behaviors. And it's actually very entertaining. My number one would be Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. My number two, as far as fiction goes, would be my top would be Stranger in a Strange Land um, by Robert Heinlein. He's a science fiction writer. I don't generally like science fiction, but I've read this book three times in my life, about 10 years apart each time. And it's meant something different to me each time. So I would absolutely urge you to do that. Um, I would probably urge uh, the Hamilton biography, not because they made it into a play, but because it really helps you see just how the world has always been. If you think politics are bad now, you should have seen it around the third and fourth president when they were deciding, you know, Jefferson would be president or John Adams would be president and that people were different back then and people didn't cheat on their wives and that kind of stuff. That book is just magnificent for helping you realize that things are the same now as they were back then in the world. That kind of gives me some comfort. 
Um, I would say uh, a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Um, I read this when I was in jail. It took me almost the entire time because I could only read three or four pages a day. It's pretty heavy stuff about how the brain works and how sometimes we have gut reactions. Sometimes we have to think of things for a long time. Um, that was just a brilliant book. And then number five would be any one of my books you want to choose because I could use the royalty check. <laughs> Guys, this this episode is has been um, very, very, very amazing. Um, please look, share it, share it with people, share it with those that you know that are struggling. Share it uh, because, like Josh said, it, sometimes it takes somebody to push them and say, "Hey, you probably should, probably should, you know, probably should you probably should get some help." They may deny you, like Josh did, but it might start that process. We'll have this open conversation. It's a topic that is very tabooish, like you say, uh, but it needs to be at the forefront. It is a pandemic that is going to sweep, that is sweeping the world. It's globally, it's because wor it's worse than any sickness that you can put a medication on or a, a pill that you can take. This is deep, deep emotional trauma that porn presents to, to, to people. And I'm so grateful that we had you on today, Josh. Guys, this has been a fantastic episode of the Arch Study of You, and we will see you on the next episode. Have a good day.